I couldn't show houses. My, my, there's times my clients would have to drive me to the homes, like that they'd support me and understood it. And I would just have to tough through it. And it was probably one of the most challenging times in my life. It was a big turning point for me. Cause I'm like, I have to look at myself as a leader. I'm like, okay, what's my problem as a leader? I wasn't providing him enough value to stay. I just wasn't. So I had to change everything I was doing and kind of start all over again from scratch, have systems, implement training, make sure it's just more systematic. And then that's how I've grown the team to where we're at now. So it's like, you know, it's how strong you bounce back from something is don't feel sorry for yourself for too long because self-pity doesn't get you anywhere. Just being honest, right? It just doesn't. Is Tomorrow is a new day. Go on. It's okay to have a bad day or two or three. Just try not to stay there for very long is the big thing. Hello and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Sholseth. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Agent Podcast. Today I'm with my buddy Brad out of Canada. What's up? Not much, man. Super excited to be here. I know we talked for a little bit before, but now I'm just like, you can tell I'm all amped up, ready to go. So I appreciate you having me here. I if I could do podcasts for a living, I think I do them because I just, I love being on every single one I've ever been on. So I appreciate you and I appreciate you having me. I love it, man. I'm glad you're here. So Brad, my first question is always why real estate? <laughs> why not sell real estate or why? Which way do you want to go down? <laughs> why real estate? You know, everybody has a, a personal goal or objective or a reason. And a lot of people I find were backed into a corner and it's like, sure. Fuck it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. What's what's your reason? Why real estate? Great question. So I bartended for 10 years before I did this. Love bartending, have the personally personality type for it. So it was fantastic. However, you know, I wrote a book as a kid to my dad and it, it was it gave me anxiety and it, my anxiety grew and grew and I didn't know why. And it's because I wasn't living my purpose. I was literally selling myself short. And that's no offense to anybody that bartends. I love the profession. However, I wanted something more for myself. So if you're happy bartending, please stay there. This has nothing to do with that. It was my goals and what I wanted. And then I'm just like, all right, you know, getting drunk and picking up chicks. I'm like, this is sweet. It's like, what else could I do this with and make a shit ton of money? I'm like, probably real estate. So that's, so I kind of looked at it. I went and got my mortgage broker's license, hated it, did one deal. And I'm like, fuck this. You have to be organized paperwork. Like that's just not my jam. I want to sell. Went and got my real estate course. And, uh, and I started doing that in 2009, which was like one of the worst economies that we had seen for real estate in Canada uh, and kind of hit the ground running. And then, you know, I was, it was something I wanted to do. It's because I'm in my own control. I control how much money I make. Uh, and then it's just grown for the last 13 years to heights that when I first started, I just never knew it would be, it would be possible. I'm very fortunate and blessed to have the team and people around me that I have and uh, just super pumped that I finally took the dive. And I told the story today in my coaching this morning is that I was so scared to do my first contract 13 years ago. Somebody came from my team and helped me. I worked on a team. I was so fucking scared that I almost didn't. I'm like, I'm out of real estate. That's how nervous I was. I'm like, I'm out. I can't do real estate. I can't do contracts. Like, can you imagine if I actually let the demons inside my head get over me then at that time? Like my life would be completely different than it is now. So that's a little bit about how I got into real estate. So let's go back 13 years and let's talk about that. Tell me about your first deal and your first year in real estate. Sure. So April 1st is when I started April Fools, uh, as we like to say. So nice. that, that was my first day. My first year, I was able to do 44 ends in my first eight months in 2009, which was 
arguably that's the worst year I've ever seen in real estate still to this, to this day. And hopefully we never get back there again, but cyclical, we probably will. Yeah. And then I remember like I did my first, uh, my first deal. I was super nervous. I got that down. I remember exactly where I wrote the offer, the restaurant and everything. And and I had help. And then the person I worked for was real hard ass. I wouldn't change what happened. I didn't work for him for too long, but it was, you know, I, I love the path I've chosen uh, and that's it. But I remember my third month in real estate, I sold 10, 10 homes, my third month. I've only sold 10 homes, like probably a handful of times, like where I personally sold 10, a handful of times since then. And he sat me down. He's like, why didn't you sell 15? I'm like, I'm a loser. I'm like, every agent sells 15 homes a year. I didn't know it's my third month. I'm like, how can I be such a loser at this? Well, knowing now what I know that's, you know, 15, if you're crushing 15 a month, my gosh, you know, you're the top 1% of the 1% of the 1%, but it was really challenging. It was hard. It was long days. Uh, to, you know, I, I always, every time on a podcast, I always try to talk about mental health because it's very important to me. And I ended up getting panic attacks, uh, and depression and anxiety because I worked like 90, 90 days in a row, which I can handle now, but not when you're learning something brand new. And then, you know, I was in the hospital for panic attacks and I didn't know what's happening. So it was, it was extremely challenging time for me. And then I had to take a month, like a mental leave for a month. And I came back and I bowed myself. I'm like that person I worked for, I'm like, I will never lose that person ever again because of how they treated that situation. And lo and behold, uh, after a couple of years after that, I've always sold more than that individual and they were in the top of our office. So, so can we pause right there and talk yeah. about something? Can we talk about overwhelm? Yeah. How, what did you learn going through that yourself, having panic attacks, having anxiety? You know, for me, like one of the things I constantly struggle with is what do I do when I don't know what to do? Right. Right. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? You know, from meditation, I've learned begin again. It's that simple, right? Just begin again, period. Just stop yeah. blank sheet of paper, begin again. But in that time, how were you able to like regroup and refocus and move forward? I'll be honest with you. At the time, I couldn't. To be truly genuine, I honestly couldn't. I didn't have the skills. Like I've seen a therapist now for years, but I didn't have the skills at that time to be able to do it. Um, I was having such bad panic attacks. Whew, I might get emotional. I was having such bad panic attacks that um, I used to have a heart and it used to come through my chest. Like you're having a heart attack. And I was in my thirties. I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So the whole time, your whole day, most people's panic attacks last five to 10 minutes. Um, and they kind of can calm themselves down. My panic attacks were so bad. They were the moment I opened my eyes, the moment I went to bed. So you're living your life sweating, shaking. I couldn't show houses. My, my, there's times my clients would have to drive me to the homes, like that they'd support me and understood it. And I would just have to tough through it. And it was probably one of the most challenging times in my life. And, and what I realized from it is, you know, the overwhelm and, and working yourself too much. And, and I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Like I got thrown into a team that had 119 listings. And this was like, and we didn't have like showing time and all the technology now. So I had 119 listings that people would call me and they would try to book meetings. Then I have to call the seller to do like, we didn't have the tech now that we have now. So I'd be like 119. As soon as I got the phones that first 8 a.m., I remember driving to my first showing I've ever had for nine. My phone was ringing so much. I pulled over and I was in tears. I just didn't know what to do. There's 119 showings. My phone is just going off the hook. So, you know, what I took from that is basically, more self-care, but I, I needed, I truthfully at that point, everything bogged down. I, I needed a therapist and I just went out and I, 
I sought help. But the scary thing was that I went to a panic attack therapist. So imagine this is what this is. So imagine being in my shoes, thinking you're dying every day from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed because you're having a panic attack so bad. You go to a panic attack therapist three times in two weeks and he looks at you and says, I know I specialize in this. I don't know how to help you. I was, I felt like all hope was lost. I'm like, you're a specialist and you can't help me. And then I just literally had to take a step back and I'm like, Hey, I got to stop doing everything. I don't know what else to do. And then it took me about three or four weeks to recover and thank, thank God or the universe or whatever you believe in. I haven't gone back there since. So it was, it was pretty trying. What support system did you have at that time? Do you, are you married? Do you have kids? Do you have a family? Do you have extended family? Like, what did you have to help you through that time? My mom and my stepdad, my dad, my brothers, honestly, my clients, God, were they fantastic at that time? I met some fantastic people that are still, I mean, that's incredible to have those relationships, right? Like built. They're still in my life now. Like my clients. I was going to say like the, some of the best relationships I have are built through hardship. Yeah. They, they were like, they were invited to our wedding. Um, you know, I've known them for years. Uh, the Stevens family, they're fantastic. There's a bunch of people that, that helped me through it. And, and I would sit there and uh, if anybody's having a panic attack, a really bad one where you feel like your heart's coming through your chest and you're dying again, we'll in the whole time. And they would just be like, it's okay. You know what I mean? And they would, uh, cause I was, and, and there'd be hours where I'd be average, but then it would just hit me and I'd be showing them a house and they would like, okay, Brad, we don't have to look at the rest. And then they would drive me to my mom's house so I could just sit there and have a meltdown. Like it was, I had a great support system. So I'm very thankful that I had people help me through this. Knowing what you know now, yeah. what would you have told yourself back then if you could talk to yourself? If I could talk to myself, it would have been to, it's okay not to be okay and to seek help earlier. Uh, really important that, you know, it's, I think is. Uh, men, I mean, just going to be that it's a lot of times hard to talk about your feelings or whatever the case is. And you, you know, you bottle up or you do whatever. I think that I would have gone back to myself and be like, look, this is what's coming to you. If you just don't go get help with what you're dealing with right now, go get help. And I think it would have alleviated that. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I still see a therapist, but it's a lot different now. My therapist now, because I've had done so much work and these courses and all these different things I've done for self-improvement. Uh, my therapist, I still talk to every month and now it's down to 30 minutes. And she's like, why do you even come on these? All we do is talk about real estate and she bought a house, like, all these things. And I'm like, because I know that there's going to be a day I'm not okay. And if I don't keep this habit, I'm going to try to do it on my own. So I always book it no matter what. I don't care if I feel fine. I don't care if we talk about the weather, sports. I don't care if we talk about how fantastic Connor McDavid is for the Edmonton Oilers. I don't give a shit. It's like, we're talking and it's just having that. And then I, it's in my schedule. So I... Where I would in the last 13, well, no, but the previous nine years, I'd say is I'd stop. And that was the challenge is I'd stop going and be like, I'm okay. And then all of a sudden I'm burying myself out of this hole. Instead, just, just stay level. So I'd just say, seek help early. Have you always been into personal development? Or uh, always? No, I would say since my, I always love business stuff. So that I kind of think of it, but I'd say my own personal stuff, I'd say, truthfully, it really hit me. Uh, probably my early, I'm 41, probably when I was 30 is when I really 32, maybe no, probably 32 is when I was still single. I'm like, am I a loser? And I was like, 
not the person you see in front of you. Like if a girl didn't text me back, it'd be like, Oh my God. And just like, so needy. And now it's like the opposite. Like my wife, I love you, babe. She's listening. <laughs> if my wife calls me and she's like, how are you? I'm like, what do you want? Got to the point. She's even, she even called me today. She's like, I'll make this really quick. <laughs> like, that's just, I'm just a completely different person. I'm more who I am, but I, I needed help. I need help to figure that out. I didn't, I'm not born with the skills to conquer mental health for myself. I wasn't, there's other people that might be, but I wasn't born with those skills. I needed to get help to get those skills. And unfortunately now I possess a lot of them. So how did you find authenticity? Did you find authenticity by going through all of this shit oh, that forced you down that path? hundred percent. I'm truthfully, and you can ask anybody, I'm as authentic as it gets. I don't have a shade of fucking gray. It's black and white. I like you. I don't like you. Like I'll cry. Like I coach, I, like for example, a couple of weeks ago, I literally coaching on um, one of my coaching calls on Tuesday, there's hundreds of people there. And I just started crying. I don't give a fuck. You're here to judge me. Cool. Yeah, you don't know what I've been send through. Me some but- tissues. Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> here's my address. Send me a Kleenex, call me a baby and go tell your friends. Yeah. It's not about that. It's coming from an authentic place. I talk about depression, anxiety. I want to be an open book for everybody to be like, this guy's selling 1100 homes this year with his team. And he's going to sit there and be vulnerable. I can now be vulnerable. And that's what I want to do. So my mission on podcasts and different things is to talk about it's okay to not be okay. And hopefully somebody finds value from that, maybe gets help, reaches out to a significant other, anything that there is. If one person listening can make a difference, it's huge. And all the podcasts and YouTube and all these things I do, I get countless messages saying, I can't believe that you open up like that. I have the ability now that I don't give a fuck what people think about me. First of all, I'm in my 40s, which is fantastic. I can't wait till I'm in my 50s. I really won't care. But then it just comes from a place of authenticity where I'm here to show emotion. I'm here to help and say, hey, guess what? There are other people. Don't let social media fool you. Not everybody's happy. It's bullshit. So I'm okay to be vulnerable enough to do that. So that's absolutely the self-help that I've done for the last years has made me extremely authentic, to be honest with you. Well, and it's all emotional, right? Because it's about how you feel. If you don't fucking feel good, it's not going to be good. You're not going to have a good day. You're not going to want to or be able to, in some cases, help people. Correct. And that's the thing is like, you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others, whatever that looks like for you. And uh, that's the big thing. And, you know, we all have our own demons in our head. And I ask people all the time, the stuff that you tell yourself every day, would you tell your wife or your husband or your kids that? And people like, no, well then try your best or go get help to not tell yourself that. And that's a big, big key of it. I love it. Well, this has been one hell of a warm up, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into your real estate business a little bit. You sure. have built a fucking empire, man. Yep. Like between the double your income coaching, selling a thousand plus units a year, building your EXP team out. How did you get to your first hundred units? How did you get to your first hundred people within your team for EXP? What did all of that look like to build that foundation? So the hundred people, hundred units or hundred EXP, I'll go hundred units first. So okay. whenever I came in for hundred units, I came in, like I said, I did 44 units. Uh, I mean, to be completely honest with you and it's a limiting belief is that I came in and I'm like, I want to make $500,000 one year. So that's about 45 to 60 units. And then the next year I made 486. And then I'm like, oh man, I want to make $500,000 next year. And then I did 492 and I wasn't hitting it. I'm like, fuck this. I want to make a million dollars. 
And I failed miserably and made 860. So the truth is, is like what gets you here won't get you there. It's the actions. I was taking the actions to be a $500,000 producer, but I wasn't taking the actions to be a million. Then as soon as I'm like, oh, I got to take the actions to be a million. I'm like, oh my gosh. So then I told my dad, I'm like, I really want to make a million dollars this year. I'm like, put it on the back of my door. I'm like, let's put it on the back. It's still there. Well, it's a different number now, but it's still there where I was like, all right, I want to make a million. And I put a million on the door. And the reason why I did is because I see it every day. Every day I leave the door to go show. And subconsciously I said, and the very first year I did it, I did 1.2. So it's like, it's just, it's going showing, but you got to build a team and you got to build. So the mistakes I made was I, I've done 83 deals my, on my own this year, still for resale. So I still do quite a bit. Um, but what I realized is you do need help. Like I went and I got an assistant. You just can't scale without an assistant. So I, I, you know, I did about 40 or 50 deals and got an assistant. And then I went ahead and then I'm like, all right, now what's next? Well, I need a buyer's agent. So I slowly, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like I would have agents that would just come on and just give them leads. You know, I'd be like, here, take leads. Cause that's what everybody wants. No training, no mentorship. I was a shitty leader. My God, was I terrible, but I learned from it. And then you just had to grow and grow. And then that's right around that time or no, the 33, 34, I'm like, I got to get my head on my ass. Jeffrey Cox, a big mad shout out to Jeff Cox. He's one of the le- first people that ever left my team. 18, 19 year old kid came from Fort McMurray down to Calgary. Dude, I love, and I, he was like right by my side, right by my hip. He's one of the top agents still in the city. And he's like, dude, I taught him for about four or five months. He's like, I'm leaving the team, man. I'm like, I was crushed. I remember exactly where I was too. He's a good, I love him. He's not a kid anymore, but I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, man. I'm like, I'm going to take everything you taught me and I'm going to go do it on my own. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And I had a choice and people make choices at that time. And it was, he, he knows this, but it was a big turning point for me. Cause I'm like, I have to look at myself as a leader. I'm like, okay, what's my problem as a leader? I wasn't providing him enough value to stay. I just wasn't. So I had to change everything I was doing and kind of start all over again from scratch, have systems, implement training, make sure it's just more systematic. And then that's how I've grown the team to where we're at now, where I have 24 agents. Um, you know what I mean? We're going to do a, a ton of units, but it was a big, that's, that was a big aha moment for this guy who really respected me. And I'm still friends with him. I had no ill advice. It's what you take from it. So if somebody leaves my team, that's on me because there's not enough value or truthfully, the other alternative, which I feel sometimes they're just not cut out for real estate. Cause with everything we have right now, if you can't make it, no offense, get into a different career. And I tell people that all the time. So that's kind of how I grew it to, to, to make mistakes and to grow this team. And then to do my first hundred was a lot of it was internet lead gen. If you want to know exactly how I did it, it was lead gen and Fizbos is really what I really, what I really went on to get to my first hundred deals. And was the lead gen all digital marketing strategies, funnels, ads, all that type of stuff? It was, I paid a company. So I probably, I would assume that that's what they did. Absolutely. Okay. But for me, it was just, I paid a company again, big shout out. If anybody wants leads in Canada, I used Agent Locator. Ada was a genius. He helped me with my career. Uh, he's still fantastic and they've just gotten better. So any Canadians that are listening, again, I use uh, Agent Locator. They're fantastic. So he helped me get in my career and do all this stuff and and make this money. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I kept getting leads and I didn't know what I was doing. So you just fumble your way through it and then you just learn. You know. Then I went and got coached by Tom Ferry. Big shout out to their organization uh, and Jared. Jared was my coach. One of the big things he taught me, which my favorite is your ego is not your amigo. And I just texted him the other day, 10 years later. I'm like, hey, bro, I'm still thinking of you. So, you know, just so many people down the path, but I needed help. You can't get, most people can't get to hundred as quick as they want, unless you go get help because you haven't done a hundred. So you have to go learn from somebody who's done a hundred. 
I love that. Your ego is not your amigo, man. That's that's a t-shirt. Like we need it to is, and it's, it's huge, 100%. man. Think of how many times your ego gets in the way. Like there's so many times that an agent, and fuck, does this drive me nuts? This one chick the other day, oh my God, I just sat there and she's trying to like grill me on about this deal that we're doing. She's like, I've been doing this 20 years. And instantly I'm like, all right. You were like, shit. so what? Yeah. Doesn't mean shit. How many deals? If you're doing four deals a year for 20 years, it's 80 deals. I did shit. that this year. That doesn't mean shit. <laughs> So I just smiled though because of it. I'm like, oh, 20 years. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you don't know. And it was something that she was truthfully wrong in and she had to come back and uh, she chose to come back and apologize. But it's just like, it, it's just, just it, her ego got in the way and I didn't let mine in. That would have been a pissing match. The deal wouldn't have come together for my buyer and everybody would have been pissed. Suck up my ego. You want to know what? You're right. Let me look into this. I could be wrong. I sent her exactly where it was. She's like, okay, it's my mistake. Like, I don't know. I have bigger fish to fry. So that's one of my favorite things I ever learned early was your ego is not your amigo. And I just, I bite my tongue a lot because of that saying. Did you read um, Ego is the Enemy with by Ryan Holiday? I didn't, but I'm going to write it down. That's a great book, man. I think you'd enjoy that based off our conversation. That's next on the list. I need another one here soon. Yeah. So out of necessity, was your coaching born as a tool to help build out your team? Is that where it originated from? Well, if you want to know the story, I'll tell you how it went. So we came in I'd and love this, to know the story. Yes. Yeah. So we came in, I've always wanted to be a real estate coach always. Cause okay. I love helping people. Um, but to be honest, it's like, go create video courses, then create all this stuff and keep creating, creating, creating. I'm like, I'm instantly got fucking panic. I'm like, I can't do this. It's not me. I'm very systematic in my head, extremely but my execution's dog shit because normally it means there's tech or there's something else that just, I freeze up and I can't do it. Luckily, my business partner, big shout out to Shane Hillier. He's the yin to my yang. He's the biggest tech guy I've ever met. He's a fucking genius. So now I can sit there and be like, dude, in our system, I needed to do this, 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 this. And he's like, okay, what if we tweak this? And I'm like, hey, well, we can do this, this. Anyways, it's a perfect partnership. So what we did is I'm like, let's start a coaching program. I'm like, I want to be different in EXP, but I want to have the best coaching program in the world. So it's taken us 10 months to create it. They're like, okay, sure. Messed up at the beginning. I don't know what I'm doing. First of all, I've never done agent attraction. Truthfully, obviously I'm at Remax at the time. I didn't do agent attraction. So I'm learning. I'm like, okay, well, what, what, what do you have to do? And then I'm like, I'm going to teach people how I did made $600,000 for my first time home buyer seminars. So that's why I started. I started doing Zooms and people came in. We started doing agent attraction. I'm like, this is cool. Then we tried a few different things and it just, it just stopped working and the automation. And it was just a disaster is not the right word, but it was a lot of work. And then fast forward, I was doing agent attraction all wrong. I'm like, I'm just going to have this for only EXP agents. And that's what I was thinking that are in my downline. Then I watched big shout out to John Cheplak has no idea who I am, but you just never know who you affect. And Cheplak, I watched his video. He's like, just give everything away for free. Just give so much value that people are going to think it's stupid not to join you. And he Very didn't think it was method. Exactly. And, and that was exactly. And in that exact moment shifted or the whole dynamic of the whole company that we have, everything shifted from that one video. Cause I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm doing this totally wrong, but I don't know what I don't know. And I also don't know what to seek help for if I don't know what I'm seeking help for. So watching that video was life-changing for all of us. And then we just crunched down and redid this whole double income coaching thing. And then our goal was to be like, okay, we're going to start doing this and we're building it up. And then it's like, Hey, well, how are we going to invite people? It's free. Like, you know, I don't really want to go spend a bunch of money on leads. So we created a whole system and technology where everybody in our downline has their own unique link. And by having their own unique link, 
what ends up happening is, is that everybody that they invite to coaching goes under them in our database. So now if you go and you invite a hundred people, let's say in a month to this coaching thing from talking to different agents, you're doing deals with them. Now when the system nurtures them and they decide to come to eXp, it's literally so sophisticated that you click on a link and it goes into your calendar. So that's something that we can go, you and I will go for later, but it's like, it's bananas. But then we're like, okay, and now it's scalable. And now there's so many people that are coming into our program. And there's so like, we get 200 to 250 a week. Now it's building that much momentum. And now there's times like today's call is a prime example, a few hundred people on this call. And the one girl's like, can you post the link? Can you post the link so I can invite a friend? Cause now we created through the demand. It's like, we can't keep inviting these people. So we created a, a website that people can go in literally, and it's free. They just go in, invite a friend if they want to invite a friend. So now, great. Now they can keep inviting friends. So we just have people that are inviting people that are inviting people. It's We're just getting started. Like we wanted to be at 100 agents by the end of the year. Or Sorry, Shane wanted to be at 100 agents. And I said, let's do 1,000. And we're not even at the end of the year. And we started thinking about the end of July. And we're already at 3,530 or something already as of today. So awesome. our goal is to be the largest coaching program in the world for free. And the cool thing is you don't have to be with EXP. I don't pitch EXP on the Tuesdays. I don't. It's like a recruiting call. It's a coaching call. It's a coaching call, right? Like people will ask at the end, like sometimes and not all that. Like, do I have to come to EXP? I'm like, no, not for everything, but we don't talk about EXP ever on it unless somebody asks about it. Then we do because we're just trying to provide as much value. And it's, it's huge because people like, man, these guys just keep giving and giving like my phone lit up today from it. It's, it's fantastic. But our organization's growing huge because of the fact that it is free. It's genuinely free and people don't have to do anything. Our strategy calls at the end, they're free. It's 30 minutes on what we can do to help you with your business. If the XP is a fit, great. If it's not, guess what? We're still going to help you. It's so popular that we're adding a second day on Thursdays just to do a live Q&A with me because I love it. I won't know the questions. We did a Q&A and it was just, we had great feedback the other day. I'm like, let's do a Q&A. I love this stuff. Let's, let's do it every fire. That's it. So Shane gets all the questions and literally, I don't know what any of them are. And then Thursday, he just starts asking. And I'm just like, it's, it's, I love it because it keeps me on my feet. People can ask questions in there. So we're only growing. And then the people that do join us at EXP starting in January, Monday to, to Friday, we have coaching every single day from a different coach. So what, what made my coaching program so successful is that I found people that truly wanted to give back to our industry and they don't get paid for it. They don't get anything downline. It doesn't matter. You're part of double your income coaching. Once you're in that organization, it doesn't matter who's who or who comes from where, but I could leverage it because I can't be everywhere. And I'm not a TikTok expert like Christian, who's made $150,000 in three months from TikTok. I'm not a YouTube expert like Levi, who's making 1.2 million in Dallas with, with Travis. Like I, that's not my expertise. I don't know how to do Robert's Facebook stuff. Like all these things that all our coaches do, I don't know how to do them. So go get people that know how to do them and then just provide more and more and more value. So it's, it's crazy. Like we'll probably be, I bet you this time next year, we're at 40 coaches that teach 40 different things. It's, it's going to be insane. The sky's the limit. We'll probably have 30,000 people at this rate by the end of next year. It's, it's gone way beyond what we wanted to. And it's just, we're just going to keep giving back. And you want to know what, if you want to join us at EXP, great. You know what? It's the best company in the world, in my opinion. However, if you don't, Keep coming on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Nobody's, you know, you're going to get a ton of value. So it's pretty insane. How's the coaching structured? Like, do you guys just pick a topic and have a conversation about it? Yeah, pretty much. Like, yes and no. So I'll give you today. Robert's on today. Big shout out, Robert. If you're listening to this, I appreciate you and everything you do for us. 
Um, he's coming in and he did how to coach or how to get two deals a month from Facebook groups. So he had a slide deck that we have and we go over it and people are doing a Q&A and then we do a Q&A at the end. Then we ask if people need more help. So the strat, the, the, the calls go very similar each time. Uh, you know, I do swear like a sailor, people laugh. Today we had a tech issue. Like it's a lot of fun. Like people, you'll see the comments and what's, you know, what's really cool. The, the coolest thing starting a call and people know now what to do that I'm asking for it is at the beginning, you have hundreds of people putting where they're from and you just watch the reach that you're getting. And you're like, you're almost, it's almost surreal. Like all these, like literally hundreds of people that are just like, I'm here. Hey, Brad, I'm here. I'm here. Cause they know I'm curious. It's the outreach, man. It's, it's been the most surreal. One of the most surreal things I've ever been a part of for this coaching is just how many people that were we're helping. And it didn't, doesn't matter if they're with EXP, we're helping so many people in this industry. It's pretty cool. I love that. Thanks for sharing all that. Yeah, of course. So you have a shitload of stuff happening and <laughs> that's a shitload to manage, a shitload to think about, a shitload to sort, a shitload to filter. How do you manage your time? How do you manage your, the coaching part of this? How do you manage the EXP part of it? Because that's its own beast. And then yeah. how do you manage your actual real estate business? What does is, what is your structure look like for you on a daily basis? And really what I'm, what I'm asking is, give me some habits and discipline that work for you to help you create this life that you've built for yourself. I'd say like, if you're looking right now, um, I'd say that you're like, you look at my schedule, right? And I'm, if it's like the, the, the key to me is my schedule is my success because if it's not my schedule, it doesn't happen. Like, I'll be completely honest with you. I, and I didn't, and I just saw this right now, looking down, I, my therapist two weeks ago asked me to switch my time. I got distracted and I didn't put in my calendar. She just called right now, which means to tell me I'm missing my therapist appointment. So we'll, I'll have to call her about that. But that again, <laughs> you can't make this shit up. That's why this is funny live is if it's not my schedule, it doesn't happen. Like literally just she, send her the zoom link, get her on here, man. Yeah, she, yeah, her too. <laughs> she, she just FaceTime me right now. Right. So if you notice, like this is how, again, this is how disciplined the schedule is. It's from 6 30 in the morning till 10 30 at night it's full of everything if it's not my schedule it doesn't happen and i always ask real estate agents i'm so busy i'm so busy some of the stuff i've done is like great i need you to write down for a week exactly what you do for your business i haven't had one person come back to me and been like oh my god i barely do anything not one not one that's been like oh my gosh and this i think i'm super disciplined where Again, I just has to be in my schedule. Like if it's in my schedule, you're good to go. Like I barely miss anything. I missed this one because it wasn't in my schedule. Like it just, I, this is live. Like I can't make this up. Like my therapist literally just reached out to me six minutes ago on FaceTime because obviously I probably forgot. But looking back, I'm like, did I have something with her? I remembered, oh shit, two weeks ago, she asked me to switch the date. I forgot to put it in. It's not in my calendar. It doesn't work. Right. So to be highly functional and highly motivated or whatever you want to be or whatever your version of success is, I have to, my calendar is like my be all end all. Like if, if I forget anything, I'll just forget. And that's just the way that it is. So if you're looking to be extremely disciplined, whether it's cold calling, whether you want to do, you know, all the bunch of stuff that we teach, put it in your calendar. Like you have to put it in there. If you notice it doesn't get done. I put working out my calendar, it gets done. I don't guess what I haven't done in two weeks. Like it's just, it's just how it is, man. For me. What would you tell somebody who is scared of that because they think that, well, let's, I guess this is a great segue, right? You sure. used to have these debilitating panic attacks. Yeah. And I know agents as well as millions of other people on this planet that they set a schedule, 
shit goes south with their kid, their family, their dog, whatever. And all of a sudden it's the end of the world because now the schedule's all fucked up. Yeah. So what happens is they become afraid of making these commitments on the schedule because they don't want to be uh, disappointed or they don't want to have to deal with that. What would you tell somebody who has that fear of committing to a schedule, but not forgiving themselves if shit goes sideways? Well, here's the thing with that fact is that normally there's two different things, you know, forgiving yourself if shit goes sideways. If you fucked up, guess what? Everybody makes mistakes. You got to forgive yourself and, and, and truthfully come over that and find a way to, to not, you know, there's people that when they make mistakes, I'm very, very thankful. I don't have this debility where people like just lock in for weeks. They can go in and like, I have a friend of mine that if he, if he makes a mistake, it's just a mental thing for him. And he, he like, there was one time, man, he, he lied, but he didn't lie on his resume. Jay, oh my God, this is a funny story. We're not going to go down. <laughs> he, he, he basically fudged, but not intentionally. All he did was put the wrong day of when he started his last job on a resume for it. And he got the new job and he's like, oh my God, I lied to them. Like what happens if they go back and they look and it's March and not January. I'm like, are we seriously having this conversation right now? But like, so everybody has, you know, their own demons when it comes to things, but like, forgive yourself. Like my day, it, like, let's say for example, somebody's late, it truthfully wrecks my day. If it, if it is, cause I'm very disciplined to like the 10 minutes uh, in most cases, but like, let's say, God forbid, something happens to my wife or my dog, you know, love my dog. If anything happens to my dog, where I'm like, I gotta go pick him up. I'm literally dropping everything for that mutant and I'm going to go do whatever I can. And I'm okay with it because I can't control the outside world. Hell, I can barely control what goes on inside my head. So if all of a sudden something happens and a deal falls apart and I'm missing something and it's out of my control, it's out of my it control. It is what it is. I can't change that. Does it fuck up my day? Yeah. Is it going to piss people off? Probably because I'm missing certain things. But I'm also honest and authentic with people and being like, look, this is exactly what happened. I'm sorry. I, you know, I respect your time, but this is what I'm facing. Can we reschedule or something like that? I'm open enough now that I can talk about if something's, it could be anything. Like literally, I'm going to go that bad. It could be like, oh my God, I was just sick and I shit my pants. I would seriously text me. I have food poisoning and I shit my pants. I need to go home and change my pants. That's just me though. I'm not saying that somebody should be like that, but I'm comfortable enough with my own skin that I'm just extremely authentic. This is what happened. This Wait, is what's is that going what you're going to send your therapist by chance? No, no, <laughs> no, I shouldn't. No, because it's a lie. So I can't, I'm going to tell her literally, listen to this podcast. And I talk <laughs> about you because she loves real estate too. So I'll be like, yeah. listen to my podcast and literally you will be talked about on it. So but I'm going to have to tell her, Hey, look, and it sucks because I didn't, and it's my fault. And what I'm going to do is I've, and you know, what's even worse is that I've never in six and a half years, I've never missed one with her. Six and a half years is the first one I've ever missed. Oh so, man, I'm sorry, dude. It's not your fault, street. man. No, it's my fault. Yeah. I it's not, it's nobody's fault but mine. She's she did it. I didn't put it in my calendar. That's my fault. That's on me. And then she's gonna say no, that you're not gonna pay me because I've been as loyal as I can, and I'm still gonna send her her money because I fucked up. It's nobody else's fault but mine. I'm still gonna send it. She can't control it. It's e. It's e transfer. So I'm still gonna send it. Be like, look, hey, I'm paying for it. Let's reschedule. It's my mistake at the end of the day because I didn't put it in my schedule, and that's what I need. So I have to eat a piece of humble pie, apologize, pay her for her time because it's worth it, and then move on. Where did you learn to take responsibility? Because there's a lot of people in this world that don't. Where does that come from for you? The self help stuff, man. Big time. It's, it's liberating. 
Like it, people think that it's not like they have this weird twisted idea about like taking responsibility. No one does too much anxiety. And the, again, keep in mind, like having being very anxious is that if I don't take responsibility for something, my anxiety is fucking through the roof. I can't handle it. So it's almost like my, I don't even have a choice, but I used to not take responsibility as much as I did now. I was pretty good, but nothing like I am now. And I'll just eat it. I'll, I'll always eat a piece of humble pie, whether I like it or not, I'll eat it because guess what? Me calling you and apologizing. Let's say I missed this podcast. It would eat me up inside. Like it's still like it's eating me up right now about my, about my, about my uh, therapist until I call and say, I can't do it. I have to call and address the situation because you either get forgiveness or they tell you to fuck off. And guess what? If they tell me to fuck off, that's their choice and their journey. I have to deal with it. It's my mistake. Do I believe I should get told that? No. However, they're on their own journey next. If my therapist wants to be like, I'm never using you again. Of course, I'd be upset. I'd beat myself up for a bit. The next day I'd go find another therapist. It's just what you make of it. So, you know, I think that, you know, taking, um, taking action and and basically owning up to it, it, it's liberating. And that's what I found is my anxiety is actually way less. Yes. You're anxious for the call, but then it's done. Like if let's say I don't call her and I avoid her now for the next two weeks, it's sitting in the back of my head. And then maybe I'm forgetting about it, but it's building and building and building and building. If you keep doing that, nobody wants to be inside my head if that happens. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. They don't want that guilt. (laughs) No, 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 no. No. And, I, and that's just me though. And I was born that way. One of the first times. So my wife, she, her friends are like, cause we, we, I travel a lot and I do this. And she's like, you really don't think that Brad cheats on you? She's like, there's a 0% fucking chance Brad ever cheat on me. <laughs> when we first started dating, um, she came to me and we made it packed and it was January. We just started dating November. I'm like, Kate, we're not drinking in January. And she, um, she's like, Hey, so that's great. So then I go for lunch with a builder. It's his restaurant. He's a builder. He's Italian. His sister's cooking for us. The restaurant's only open for us. And the guy looks at me. He's like, yeah, we're going to have some red wine. I'm trying to land this massive builder. And I look at him like, I can't. I promised my girlfriend I can't drink. And he laughed because I was like, we're being funny. And he's like, ah, he's like, seriously, bring it over. I'm like, hi, no, I was was just kidding. Like, he's like, basically, you're literally, we're making you food in the restaurant that's closed. And my sister's doing it. I'm like, so literally the guilt was immense. I literally left that restaurant and I called my now wife and I'm like, babe, I'm like, I got something to tell you. It's really, really bad. And then she's like, what? <laughs> and she's like freaking out. Right. She's like, what? I'm like, I had a glass of wine at lunch and she laughs. She's like, are you stupid? I'm like, I promised you I wasn't, we weren't going to drink. And then she's like, oh my God, if you, if you have anxiety from you drinking a glass of wine at lunch that I'd never find out about, she's like, this guy's going to be easy to deal with. So <laughs> that's, that's, but again, that's something that for me, I just don't have the ability to do that. I didn't, nor do I want to, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. I know we've been all over the place here, but yeah, I'm all over the map. <laughs> what are what are a couple things during your 13 year journey sprint roadmap mm. in real estate that we can pay forward to both of our audiences? Like, what are a couple things that you're like, you guys need to fucking know this? Mm. One, two, three things, whatever comes to mind that sticks out over your 13 year journey for all of our friends in real estate. Tomorrow's a new day is the biggest one. Tomorrow's a new day. You can, you can wallow in your own pity for a day, right? Mentally, or if a deal goes sideways or tomorrow is a new day, um, is a big one. And, 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 you know, you're living your own beliefs. I remember I sat down and I was teaching my, and this is where I taught this concept 
the biggest loss I ever had real estate wise financially. I had two brand new agents that were on my team and they were with me for four, four hours and I was coaching them. I lost 120, about $123,000 in commission in those four hours where deals falling apart and I can never get them back. So it wasn't like I'm taking them on. It was just a weird, I can't even believe the sequence happened in a day. I was not in the best of moods at that time, but I was just like, okay. And I told them like, look, I'm like, this is the situation. Cause they heard me. They were there the whole time on speakerphone. They were shadowing me. I'm like, I have a choice. I can sit here and pout in this, but it doesn't change it. And I just literally after that, I literally went, get back on the phones. I'm like, I got to make this back. So it's like, you know, it's how strong you bounce back from something is don't feel sorry for yourself for too long. Cause self-pity doesn't get you anywhere. Just being honest, right. It just doesn't is tomorrow is a new day go on. It's okay to have a bad day or two or three. Just try not to stay there for very long is the big thing. That's probably number one. Love that. Number two is be humble and hustle. Like I didn't have a website at first. Nobody knew. Like I, I was one of the top teams in my office. I never even put everything in the paper. Now that's my choice. I'm not saying don't go promote it, but I would sit there and I'll remember this girl was coming up to me. She had no idea who I was and nobody should. I'm not saying they should, but we're at a realtor event. She's like, oh my God, I'm so busy. Like, I'm like, oh really? I'm like, tell me about it. What's it look like? She's like, yeah, I'm doing like two deals a month and I'm thinking of getting an assistant. So if I let my ego get in the way of something like that, I'm like, really? I'm doing 1100. You know what I mean? Like my mind still <laughs> goes there. My therapist says you can't control what your mind says, but you control what your mouth does. So your mind is like this, but your mouth doesn't have to say what you're thinking. So I just remember thinking, and you know what? Doing 24 deals a year is fantastic. That's really good business. It truthfully, genuinely is. So I just helped her. I told her, I didn't tell her what I did. I didn't do anything. And I just offered some advice. She never knew who I was, never knew my name. or just happened to be there. And, and she went on. So, you know, be humble and hustle. Like it's cool to say what you're selling and all that stuff. But if you're, if you're telling it, doing it at a place of, you know, I'm saying I'm selling 1100 homes right now, cause I want to help you not look at me. I'm selling 1100 homes. It's, it's just how you say it. So be humble and hustle. Um, and three, find a mentor early, like really early. Like if you're two months in, find somebody, there's lots of cool stuff on YouTube. That's free. Lots of great coaches, um, that are free out there. Go find somebody and learn from them. Cause it's why make the mistakes for a year and beat yourself up of not knowing what to do. Like if I went in and I was a, a carpenter, I'm just saying, I don't have those skills clearly, but let's say I did. I now knowing now what I know, if I all of a sudden wanted to go and build a house, I'd go find somebody and mentor them. And I'd be like, look, I don't pay me anything. I just want to come follow you. Cause what you're really doing is you're increasing your learning curve and tucking your ego aside and saying, I need help with something. I think that's the hardest thing for people to truly say is I need help. Um, but it's okay to ask for help. Dude. I love all of those. Seriously. Thanks for sharing. That's yeah. awesome. And the three really good points. People <laughs> listen up. Re rewind this shit and listen again. <laughs> but the help thing is huge. And again, through my therapist, a different one at the time, but a therapist came to me and I didn't like asking for help because I'm like, I'm going to do my own. Fuck it. I'm going to do it myself and do it myself. And it literally, my therapist opened up my eyes and they said, I love helping people. I truly do. And then so, but I wouldn't let people help me. Like before my wife who helps me now it's now I'm on the other end. I barely help her do anything around the house or anything, but now I'm like the opposite. So she'd probably be like, look, you can kind of meet in the middle. But I remember with my therapist, um, a while back when I was dating somebody and I would just be like, Oh, I'll cook. I'll hover around her. I'll cook. I'll clean. I'll do everything. I'll do my laundry, this, this, and that. But I'd always want to help her and do stuff. And finally she left me and, I, and I was just like, what's going on? What's my problem? And my therapist said, she's like, you know how excited you get when you help people? 
I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I love helping people. She's like, you know that every single person in your life, you're robbing them of that. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you know, that joy that you get for helping. She's like, yeah. She's like every single person in your life, you're robbing them of that by not letting them help you. That feeling of wanting that feeling of feeling good. You're literally taking that out of everybody in your life. And I was just like, mind blown. I was like, are you kidding me? You're like, so yeah, the girls that you're dating by you doing everything, you know how you like doing stuff for them. They don't get to feel that. They don't get to feel the happiness of making you happy or trying to improve your day. And I was like, Oh my, that was one of the most profound things I'd ever heard. And that, that literally changed how I looked at my life at that time. It's like, I didn't go around asking for help all the time, but I sure don't care if I do need help now and I'll ask for it. And, you know, here's the thing though, is that if you ask for help, you oh, I need help. I need help. And you're that person that needs help all the time. And you're whining baby and all that stuff. That's different. But if you're just like, Hey, I just need help with something. And that's not your norm, man. People rush. They'll break through walls to come help you. You know, if you help people out naturally. So that's a big learning lesson I had too. It's pretty power. It was pretty powerful yeah. for me. Man. It changed my powerful. life. Yeah. I can think about it in my head. Like the amount of times I didn't let people help me that I robbed them <laughs> in that I sense. Am. Right. Like it's legit. It's real. Yeah. Okay, dude, this has been awesome. I want to be conscious of your time. You're a busy guy. Where sure. can people find you? Uh, so I have a YouTube channel now. I'm just starting that out. They're going to be posting videos. I have a team that's going to be doing that. So follow me, uh, Brad Vandewall, um, at Double Your Income Coaching on YouTube. And if you guys want to sign up, I think there's probably a link in my YouTube. I'm not 100% sure. I will get that fixed if there isn't. Then you can come to our free coaching. There's going to be a link. You can just come sign up, get our coaching on Tuesdays. Um, follow me on Facebook, uh, Brad Vandal as well. And now I'm on TikTok. Again, all this stuff is new because I'm not on social media. I'm on TikTok. I think it's D at DYIC official. Uh, and then Instagram, DYIC official. This is literally all like two weeks old. So, you know, I'm going to be dropping as much knowledge as I can uh, starting probably on Monday. So stay tuned for all that stuff. Get a hold of me anytime you can. Awesome. Sounds good, Brad. Brad, this was fun, man. Thank you so much for sharing, opening up, being emotional, and for what you do. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Hey, guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here, and we'll see you on the next one.